Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome back to the show Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma to tickle our funny bone this morning. In this first episode, we find the girls yet again in their apartment when Irma tells Jane that they are celebrating their one-year anniversary of the day they started living with each other. So Irma has the idea of baking a cake, but Jane, knowing her beloved roommate's baking and cooking skills, goes to the store herself to buy some bicarbonate. When Jane, while Jane is gone, Irma's boyfriend Al and their neighbor Professor Kropotkin stop by for a visit. But when Jane leaves, the two gentlemen are left in the apartment. When all of a sudden, in a few minutes, Irma comes back with a handbag. Al looks at the handbag and finds that there's a lot of money in there and tries to convince Irma that they should go ahead and keep the money inside the handbag. But Irma refuses and and tells Al that they are being dishonest by doing that. So Al calls the secretary of the lady that is missing the handbag And she tells them to hold on to the handbag until she comes by to collect it. But unbeknownst to both of them, Richard's secretary comes in with an envelope with $100 in it. Irma and Al get so excited that they think that that is the secretary collecting the handbag. So they give the handbag to the wrong secretary and end up running off with the hundred dollars that Richard meant for Jane. So when Jane comes back and finds that Irma is gone, her boyfriend Richard comes by and asks Jane if her his secretary has come by with the hundred dollars and Jane says no and then Richard gets a gut feeling and a gnawing one at that that Irma and Al took the money by mistake and it is called the reward and in this next episode we find the girls yet again in their apartment when all of a sudden Irma tells Jane that she has a headache So Jane tries to convince her roommate to go and get some glasses, but Irma doesn't want to get glasses because she thinks that Al will find her unattractive and will not be appealing to her. Or appealing to him. So Jane and Irma go to a discount store, grab some reading glasses, And then when Al sees her, he has his own suspicions about Irma wearing glasses. And so Irma is in her room heartbroken when her beloved roommate Jane comes back to comfort her. Irma ends up leaving. So later on in the episode... Jane gets a call from Richard, and Richard has an idea for Jane to try. So Jane grabs some glasses and then goes back to the apartment where Irma and Al are waiting for them. So once Jane comes in with the glasses, she ends up winking at Al and Al winks back. But Irma ends up getting 
confused, but she ends up having confidence that if Richard likes her in glasses, Al will too. And it is called The Eyes Have Had It. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis with Hans Conried as Professor Kropotkin, John Brown as Al, Life Erickson as Richard, and Miss Gloria Gordon in Miss, as Mrs. O'Reilly in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. And if you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Beaver Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap that gives you a wonderful new kind of suds, presents... Our friend, Swan, with my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs will still be hot. French, Spanish, and Latin. I always thought Latin was the most difficult thing to understand. Then I met my friend Irma. Now, don't get me wrong, because me, Jane Stacy, I love that girl. It's only that she... Well, for instance, the other night I was reading the evening paper, and I said, Irma, honey, imagine a man 84 years old just became a father for the first time. And Irma said... 84 years? Gee, what a long honeymoon. <laughs> I'll take Latin every time. Right now, Irma's staring at the calendar. Her watch has stopped, so she's probably trying to figure out what time it is. Irma, what's on your mind? Oh, Jane, honey, I've just checked the calendar, and do you know today is one year since we started rooming together? A year already? Gee, I can't believe it. Let's see. Oh, of course, the 1st of December. We'd both agreed to share this room. Mrs. O'Reilly said the rent would be $25 for the two of us, you asked her to please make it 30 because you didn't know what half of 25 was. <laughs> well, in those days, I was much younger. Didn't know as much as I do today. Yeah, yeah, honey. <laughs> yeah, you've come a long way. Oh, thank you. Uh, but, Jane, we just can't ignore an anniversary. Uh, we should have some kind of a celebration. I know. I'll buy you a present. Oh, no, honey. It's not necessary. I appreciate the thought, but you don't. I'll get it. Hello? Hello, Jane. Oh, Richard. Jane, would you mind doing me a favor? I'm away from the office, and I'm going to need some petty cash for this evening. So I've asked Peggy, you know, from the accounting department... Yeah? ...to drop $100 off at your apartment on her way home. Is that all right? Oh, sure, sure. I'll be glad to keep it for you. Oh, thank you very much. I'll be by to pick up the $100 later. Bye. Bye, Richard. Uh, anything wrong, Jane? No, dear. It was Richard. He's coming by later. Let's see. Now, what were we talking about? Our anniversary... Gee, Jane, remember the fun we had when we first moved in together? Oh, uh, I'll never forget it, Irma. We couldn't decide who would sleep in the bed by the window, so you tossed a nickel. It flew out of the window, was picked up by a fellow who was walking past. He brought it up to find out how big a reward we'd give. <laughs> yes, wasn't that a romantic way to meet my boyfriend, Al? <laughs> well, to me, it just goes to prove that if you don't hold on to your money, you can get into all kinds of trouble. Come in. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. We were just talking about you. Ain't got no time for no chit-chat. Working on the hottest deal of my life. Oh, Al, not another deal. What happened to that wonderful process you had for removing the name from hotel towels? <laughs> Didn't work. Removed too much of the towel. In fact, was left with nothing but the name. But can't miss with my new deal. Well, what is it, Al? Have an invisible ink for printing the answers in school books. Can only be can only be read with special glasses. But Al, won't the teachers find out? The glasses will only be made in junior sizes. <laughs> oh, Al, you're wonderful. Gee, Jane, is it any wonder Al's my everything? Don't worry, you won't always be that poor. <laughs> oh, please, Jane, don't insult Al on our anniversary. Anniversary? 
Chicken, is there something about us I should know? Oh, not me and you, Al. It's Jane and I. We've been rooming together one year today. Well, this calls for a celebration. Why don't you girls make me a dinner? <laughs> no, no, we want this day to be different. You eat out. <laughs> but Jane Al is right. We should celebrate. I know. I'll bake a cake. Irma, please, please, no. Uh, not that you're a bad cook, but when most people bake a cake, no one can jump up and down or the cake will fall. When you bake a cake, we all have to jump up and down to get it loose from the stove. <laughs> well, I have a new recipe, and I'm going down to the grocer's and get some flour. I'd like to make an upside-down cake, but I don't know how to spell happy anniversary backwards. <laughs> well, just spell it the way you always do, and you can't miss. Uh, all right, I'll... I won't say goodbye because I'll be right back. I'll just say off weeder saying. That's German for Gesundheit. <laughs> Great kid, ain't she, Jane? Oh, I think so. Of course, so many people wonder how I can keep living with a girl who thinks President Hoover invented the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and the DDT is a doctor of dentistry and teeth. And that Seabiscuit was fish bait. <laughs> but then again, I've never in my life met anyone with a bigger heart with a greater warmth and an honesty of character than Irma has. I agree with you 100%. Why do you think I want to make her my wife? That's because she's got a job. <laughs> Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Jenny and Al. Hello, Professor. Come on in. Thank you. Hi, Professor. Jenny, I hope you don't mind my stopping by for a minute. You see, the steam in my room is terrible. Steam? I didn't know you had steam in your room. Well, I haven't had it very long, but Mrs. O'Reilly just came up for the rent, and she found I couldn't pay her, so she started blowing off. <laughs> and I refused to stay in the steam room. Oh, Professor. <laughs> now, listen, Jenny. In the steam room, you get a massage, and Mrs. O'Reilly rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Where is my darling little Irma? Well, she went out to some flour. And that reminds me, if Irma's going to make a cake, I'm going to go to the drugstore and get something to go with it. Ice cream? No, bicarbonate. <laughs> I'll see you later. Ah, that Jane's a great little kidder, huh? And by the way, Professor, the girls are celebrating an anniversary. It was just a year ago today when they moved in here. Uh, and what a ray of sunshine those girls have been. When they first moved in, I was sick in bed. And then Irma came up. She rubbed my head, held my hand, and sang little songs to me. You know, to this day, I can't enjoy music unless it's off-key. <laughs> oh, hello, chicken. Back already? Oh, Al, look what I found on the street. A lady's handbag. Chicken, anybody see you pick it up? Al, I don't like the way you said that. I told you I found it. I wouldn't think of keeping it. That would be dishonest. Chicken, you're in the clear. It's only dishonest when you find something before it's lost. Oh, well. <laughs> we must find out who lost it so we can return it. A good idea. Let's open up the handbag and find out who is the owner. Okay, empty the stuff there on the table, chicken. All right, Al. My, my, look at all the stuff a woman carries in her handbag. You know, it's the first five and ten cent store I've ever seen with leather walls. <laughs> This handbag belongs to a man. What? Well, his name is right here on the watch, Ben Russ, probably short for Benjamin Russell. <laughs> no, chicken. Let's let's keep looking. My, my, look what she's got here. Hair nets, hair pins, hair dye, hair ribbons, hair shampoo. Well, we know one thing. She can't be a bald-headed woman. Now, <laughs> uh, let's see. Cigarette case, lipstick... Uh-oh, this dame's a dangerous woman. Why, Al? She's got a driver's license. <laughs> and here's her name, Mrs. R.L. McLean. Gee, Al, look at all the money in this wallet. Yeah, and here's her address, Ardmore Towers, West End Avenue. Classy neighborhood. Probably wouldn't even miss the dough. Al, I'm surprised at you. Would you think of keeping this money? Uh, only for a charitable purpose. Chicken... Did you ever hear of Robin Hood, the guy who took from the rich and gave to the poor? Yes. You think Robin Hood was a bad guy? No. You know anybody richer than Mrs. McLean? No. You know anybody poorer than me? No. <laughs> what do I have to do, learn how to shoot a bow and arrow? No, no uh, we must return it. Honesty is the best policy. Uh, don't you agree, Professor? Well, I can only talk from experience. 
Once I knew a poor street cleaner who found a wallet with $50,000. He took it home, and for three nights he couldn't sleep. His conscience was keeping him awake. Finally, he couldn't stand it any longer, so he took the wallet back to the rich man, who gave him a reward, and he went home and slept like a baby. What'd he give him? Sleeping pills. <laughs> Is that the moral of the story? No, no. Then he overslept and lost his job. <laughs> you see, Irma? It doesn't make any difference, Al. We must return the money. Glad you came through, chicken. Was only testing your character. Wouldn't touch the money myself. However, if this Mrs. McLean is so rich, I'm quite sure there'll be a reward involved. So we have to handle it on a business-like basis. We've got to make her think we're rich, too. Then she'll be ashamed to offer us a small reward. Sounds plausible. What are you doing, Al? Well, her number's on the card. I'm calling her. Oh, hello, Mrs. McLean, please. Here, Chicken, you talk to her. When I put on a high-class voice, they get wise too quick. But, Al, I don't know what to say. Well, say something ritzy. Uh, you were out walking your Pomeranian uh, because your butler was in the bath. You happened to glance in the gutter, and there was her purse. You got it? Got it. Hello? Mrs. McLean? Well, my Pomeranian went for a walk because I happened to glance in the gutter when my butler was taking a bath in your purse. <laughs> Hold it, Chick. Let, let me talk to her. Uh, Mrs. McLean, did you lose your handbag? Oh, you did? Well, uh, will you please describe the reward? I mean, the, the, the handbag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's it. Yeah, my fiance found the handbag, and we're prepared to surrender it. Yeah, yeah, it's sitting right here. Why don't you come down and bail it out? <laughs> oh, you're busy, but you'll send your secretary with the reward. Good, good. Yeah, we're at 8224 West 73rd Street. Oh, it's only a block away. Fine. Yeah, we'll be waiting for your secretary. Goodbye. Wonder how big a reward a dame like that'll come through with. Chicken, when she comes, I'll handle it. Hello? Irma, this is Jane. Oh, hello, Jane. Where are you? Well, I decided to pick up my cleaning, honey. Listen, has anyone dropped by from Richard's office? No, why? Anything I can do? No, no. I better come home and handle it myself. Goodbye, honey. Goodbye. <gasps> Gee, I forgot to tell her about the reward we're going to get. You don't have to. She's got a rich boyfriend. Oh, Al, you know, I feel so good that we're doing the right thing. You see, Al, I want to be honest, and I want you to be honest, too. Then when we get married and have children, they'll be honest. Fine thing to look forward to, a family of street cleaners. <laughs> Speaking of street cleaners, I think I'll go up to that fifth-floor gutter I live in. Goodbye. Pardon me, uh, where does Jane Stacy live? Oh, why, lady? Is something wrong? Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm from Mr. Rhinelander's office. I'm supposed to deliver an envelope here to him. Oh, I see. The apartment is 3B. Thank you. Come in. Hello, I'm... Tom. I know. You're the secretary with the money. That's right. Uh -huh. I guess you know all about this envelope with $100. $100? It, it, it's not the amount, chicken. It's, it's the thought behind it. We'll take it. Thank you, miss. And here's the handbag. Handbag? Well, nothing was said about a handbag. Just take it. Your employer knows all about it. Well, if you say so, I'll take it back to the office with me. Goodbye. How do you like that? Can't trust help. This Dame McLean sends her secretary, gives us the hundred bucks, and she don't even want to take the handbag back to her. Oh, Al, a hundred dollars of my own. Do you know what I'm going to do with this? What? I'm going to put it away for a little nest egg for us. Ain't interested in birds. Let's hatch it now, chicken. <laughs> And now, Susie Swan sings to us. Listen. My advice says Susie, you like this brand new kind of lather, so be choosy. Swan gives you beauty lather, rich as cream. Your skin stays soft as any dream, and fresh as dew. I swan to you, says Susie. Yes, Susie Swan, and what a bath you get with Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather. Why, it makes every bath a real pleasure. Sure, it's a pleasure the way Swan's new kind of beauty lather feels against your skin. So soft, so gentle, soft as a cloud. And it's a pleasure, too, the way white floating Swan cleanses your skin. Gently, 
Yet so thoroughly you step from the tub with your skin fairly glowing with cleanliness. And you love the way Swan's new kind of beauty lather rinses away. So completely your skin doesn't feel all over-soaked. Instead, it's left radiantly fresh. And ladies, no other soap gives you this wonderful new kind of beauty lather. Because no other soap has Swan's exclusive super-creamed blend. So make your baths a real pleasure with Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather. thing, but when you're in a hurry to get home, the distance always seems twice as long. Maybe I'm being a little overcautious, but I'd like to be home just so Richard's hundred dollars won't fall in the hands of Irma and Al by mistake. Gee, a hundred dollars. wonder what Richard's going to use it for. Take me out? Gee, as I walk along, I get a warm glow just thinking about him. What a wonderful guy. It's too bad he has such a limited vocabulary. Seems he just can't say, Jane, will you be mine? But leap year's coming, and so help me, I'm going to have a speech ready for January the 1st. I think I'll rehearse it right now. Let's see, I'll say, good evening, honey. And then I'll say, sweetheart, will you marry me? Sorry, lady, I already got five kids. Try the other side of the street. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, after that, I stopped talking out loud and hurried home. I opened the door and called Irma. Irma! Well, they're gone. Well, I guess I'll just wait around until Richard's secretary arrives with $100. Well, here's the bank, Al. I think I'll deposit my $100 reward. Chicken, I'm a little disappointed in you. I, I didn't think you'd be so cruel. Cruel? Yeah, you know what they say. Your best friend is the dollar. Well, is it right to take all those nice friends and lock them up like criminals? Gee, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Al, I never thought of it that way. Well, what do you think I ought to do with the money? Well, Chicken, if you really want to look at it honestly, that hundred dollars isn't yours to keep. It's yours to enjoy. Its purpose is to reward you. To make you happy. Now, does going out with me and having a good time make you happy? Yes. Hey, yeah. And you figured it all out by yourself. Oh, yes, Al. You know, when we think together, we're a great team. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a Svengali and Trilby. Huh? Uh, what I mean, Chicken, is I lead the way and you back me up. <laughs> you understand? Oh, sure. You're the engine and I'm the caboose. <laughs> Choo-choo, Chicken. Get out that hundred bucks and let's go. Come in. Hello, Jane. Oh, hello, Richard. You're a little early. Your hundred dollars hasn't arrived yet. Well, that's funny. I called the office and they said Peggy left with the money over an hour ago. Oh, well, well, it could have been delivered while I was out, but I don't see it anyplace, and I know that Irma wouldn't take anything that wasn't hers. Well, Jane, maybe I'd better go back to the office and check up. Richard? Why are you staring like that? What are you thinking? Oh, nothing. Don't uh, lie, Richard. You're thinking exactly the same thing I'm thinking. <laughs> Where do Irma and Al fit into this thing? Oh, now, please, Jane, I'm not making any accusations. It's just that, well, while I'm generally nervous when they're around, but well, when they're not, I get panicky. <laughs> oh, Richard, do you think Irma would take money that doesn't belong to her and spend it? Oh, of course not. Well, but... Come in. How do you do? I'm Mrs. McLean's secretary. Yes? I've come for the handbag. I beg your pardon? The handbag. My employer described it over the phone for you. She did? Of course. Now, may I have it? This may come as a shock, but I don't know what you're talking about. My dear young lady, I'm here to claim the pocketbook you found and give you the reward. Now, where is it? R Richard, will you please tell her Oh, that you don't have to tell me anything. I know what's happened. You had a change of heart. After looking at the contents of the bag, you decided to keep it. Well, it won't work, lady, and that goes for your accomplice, too. I beg your pardon. And I'm going to sit right here until I get that handbag. Well, there she sits. One eye on me and one eye on Richard. 
I don't know how to describe the expression on her face, but she could very easily be Peter Laurie with a wig. <laughs> what this is all about is just beyond me, and to top it off, I'm beginning to feel guilty. Richard is shifting from one foot to the other and looking at me as though I'm a criminal. I'm trying to look back at him as if I'm not. Oh, Irma. Irma, wherever you are, won't you and Al please come back? We're trapped by sitting bull. Please come in. Oh, hello, Peggy. Oh, hello, Mr. Rhinelander. I've been trying to get in touch with you. What? Well, I don't mean to be impudent, but does this handbag belong to you? I should say it doesn't. That's the handbag my employer sent me for. So you didn't know anything about it, huh? Now, just a minute, madam. I... Pardon me. Am I intruding? Oh, Professor Kropotkin. Oh, a professor, huh? You people have a better setup here than Murder Incorporated. <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, professor, can't you help us clarify this thing? You see, this woman accuses us of stealing somebody's handbag, and Richard's hundred dollars are missing, and I... I uh, professor, I don't like the expression on your face. <laughs> I feel a little sick. Janie, wait until you hear what I have to say. You'll have a relapse. Here, lady, take your handbag. Now you're being sensible. Goodbye. Professor, if you know anything, please tell us. For Janie, it's simple. One, Irma found the handbag. Two, somebody brought her $100. Three, she thought it was a reward. Four, she's out spending it without. Mr. Rhinelander, I'm awfully sorry. No, it wasn't your I... fault, Peggy. You go on back to the office. I'll see you later. All right. Goodbye. Oh, really? How could Irma make such a mistake? Janie, please, don't be so shocked. It's not such an impossible mistake, considering the fact that Irma has always believed the Flatiron Building is a place to take her laundry. <laughs> yeah, but, Professor, it's Richard's money. No, that's all right, Jane. It's just one of those things. No, no, Richard. The money was delivered here, and it's my responsibility. And besides, when Irma finds out what she's done, it'll just break her heart. Richard, we've just got to stop them before they spend it all. Well, where do we look for them? Simple. Where would any normal person go? I don't know. Well, all we got to do is to find out where any normal person will go, and we'll go in the opposite direction. Gee, let me think a minute. Let's see. There's the opera, the art museum, Carnegie Hall, and, of course, Coney Island. Come on, let's go. I just love the merry-go-round. Let's go around again. All right, chicken. The night is still young. Sure, Al. We haven't even started to spend my hundred dollars yet. <laughs> well, Richard, Coney Island's an awful big place. Where do we start? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Well, let's ask that man by the scales. Uh, uh, pardon me, mister. Oh, sorry. We don't guess ladies' weights anymore. Them long skirts is throwing us. Oh. Well, I, I don't want my weight guess. I want to know if you've seen a blonde girl with a fellow with shifty eyes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, come to think of it, I saw him get on a merry-go-round. You did? Yeah, I remember because most people look dizzy when they get off. She looked that way when she got on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's her, all right. Come on, Richard, we're on the trail. Richard, I think we've picked up their trail. I'll give you two to one that Irma just left the archery range. How do you know? Four people just walked by with arrows sticking in them. <laughs> Come on, let's ask the man here, right here at the refreshment stand. All right. Oh, uh, pardon me, sir, but did a blonde girl and a fellow in a gray suit stop here for refreshments? Refreshments? Ten bottles of root beer, six mission orange, three seven-up, five hot dogs, three hamburgers, and two taffy apples. All that? Yep. Now, let's see. What did the girl have? <laughs> never mind, never mind, that's them Come on, Richard Oh, no Oh, look, there they are Going into the crazy house Let's hurry Oh, Al, isn't it fun here in the crazy house? These tricky mirrors are a scream Look how skinny I look <laughs> And you look so fat and sloppy I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm sorry, lady. I, I thought it was looking glass. <laughs> Come on, chicken. Let's try the echo chamber. Oh, it's so dark in here. Yeah, watch this. This is Al. This is Al. Oh, gee, let me try it. Hello. 
This is Irma. This is Jane. <laughs> oh, gee, I broke it. Chicken, I think your echo is being followed. Irma. Oh, Irma, thank goodness I found you. Oh, hello, Jane. Happy anniversary. Never mind that. Never mind that. Before I explain everything, will you answer me one question? How much money do you have left of that hundred dollars? A hundred and two. A hundred and two? How come? Well, Al's got such a talent for counting out change. <laughs> I noticed Irma doing something very strange, even for Irma. And I said, uh, pardon me for asking, but why have you put a compass on top of those cakes of swan soap? And Irma said, well, winter is here, Jane, and you know how birds like to fly south, and I don't want our swans to get lost. <laughs> well, Jane, no matter what Irma says, she wouldn't be without white floating swan soap for her baths. And there's plenty of reason why a lot of women feel the same way. Now, you see, Swan gives you a brand new kind of beauty lather. Yes, a new kind of beauty lather that's soft and rich, that you smooth onto your skin like whipped cream. A new kind of lather that whisks away dirt, leaves your skin glowingly fresh and clean. And Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather means a wonderful new after-a-bath feeling, too. Yes, your skin is left soft and smooth, not all tight and over-soaked. Because Swan rinses away so completely. So, how about trying Swan's new kind of beauty lather yourself? You'll like it for your bath. better than I expected. Richard has his hundred dollars back, and me, I'm in bed. And although the mattress isn't moving, I'm still spinning from that trip to Coney Island. Oh, Jane, you know, after Al and I left the merry-go-round, I went to the fortune tellers. Oh, you had your mind read? Yes, and then the man gave me my money back. I don't know why. <laughs> well, Irma doesn't know why, and Al doesn't know why, but you and I know why, don't we? <laughs> but we won't tell my friend Irma. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, tune in an hour earlier over most of these same stations for the Lux Radio Theater. And then stay tuned to listen to... Our friend, Swan. With my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Hans Conried was Professor Kropotkin. Mary Wilson can soon be seen in the Eagle Lion release, Linda Be Good. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every single drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. <laughs> It's news to sing about. Spry with Cake Improver gives lighter, finer, richer-tasting cakes than any other type shortening. For no other type shortening has Spry's marvelous Cake Improver. So for lighter, more delicious cakes that stay fresh longer, try... Spry with Cake Improver. Spry with Cake Improver. Tune in again to my friend Irma next Monday evening at this same time. 
This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Lieber Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap that gives you a wonderful new kind of suds, presents... Our friend, Swan. With my friend, Irma. <laughs> Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs will still be hot. like New York for any length of time, you tend to become blasé, and you develop the feeling that nothing can confuse or bewilder you. Then you run into someone like my friend Irma, and you're a babe in the woods again. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, because I love the girl. It's just that, well, for instance, the other night, I noticed Irma putting x-ray pictures in her hope chest. So I said, Irma, why are you putting those x-ray pictures of Al in your hope chest? And Irma said... Because I read that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and I want to see how I'm doing. <laughs> well, that's Irma for you. In fact, she thinks that when a marriage goes on the rocks, it's because the honeymooners went over Niagara Falls in a barrel. <laughs> anyway, right now, she's holding her forehead. Irma, what's the trouble? I have a headache. A headache? Yes, in my head. <laughs> I've had it all week, especially at work. Well, honey, maybe it's your eyes. You probably need glasses. Oh, Jane, don't say that. I could never wear glasses. Al wouldn't like a girl who wore eyeglasses. Well, what do you care about Al just so long as you see better? Jane, what's the sense of being able to see better if you haven't got a fellow to look at? <laughs> oh, look, sweetie, your health comes first. I don't see how you can worry about losing a man who hasn't worked for five years. A man who, when he sees a sign, help wanted, interprets it as measles, keep out. Oh, Jane, please, don't be so harsh with Al. All men have some weaknesses. Some don't work, some don't dance, some don't swim. So what? Well, suppose Al was out in the ocean drowning. What good would it do me to say, there goes my boyfriend, he can't swim, but he has a job. <laughs> Besides, jobs are scarce. Oh, sweetie, don't be ridiculous. Jobs aren't scarce. Well, I may be holding down two jobs next week. Two jobs? Uh-huh. Well, with Christmas coming on, you know, I can use some extra money, so I put in an application for some part-time work. In fact, I'm expecting a call any minute from Mr. Sloan. Well, that's wonderful, Jane. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful if I don't have to sit around here worrying about your eyes, honey. Believe me, Irma, I've seen some most attractive women wearing glasses and some handsome men, and they get married, and they live very happily. Well, it may be all right for others, but not for me. I don't want my children born with glasses. <laughs> oh, sweetie, I... Hello? Yes, this is Jane Stacy. Oh, hello, Mr. Sloan. What? Oh, of course the extra work won't be a strain on me. I'm in perfect condition. You'll bring the ledgers and the reports over tonight. Fine, thank you, sir. Goodbye, Mr. Sloan. All right, all right, come on, Irma. I'll take you over to Dr. Davis, the eye doctor. <laughs> no, Jane, I won't go. I don't want to wear glasses. Oh, honey, you say you have headaches. I know, I have cold feet, too. That doesn't mean I have to wear snowshoes. <laughs> honey, this is different. If you don't get glasses, your headaches will get worse. You'll become dizzy. Oh, what am I saying? <laughs> Irma, please, will you be reasonable? <laughs> no, I'm not going to be an old maid all my life. I'd rather see double than remain single. <laughs> but, Irma, honey... No, I won't go. I won't go. All right, all right. Stay in the bedroom and be stubborn. Maybe then you'll see things differently. Come in. Only me, Professor Kropotkin. 
Hello, Janie. Hello, Professor. Sit down, won't you? Thank you. I hope you don't mind my stopping by for a few minutes. The bats in my room drove me out. <laughs> bats in your room? Yes. Mrs. O'Reilly came up to collect the rent, and in each hand she was swinging a bat. <laughs> Tell me, Janie, where is my darling little Irma? Oh, she's in the bedroom, Professor. I'm awfully worried about her. Poor Irma. I was afraid someday this would happen. How violent is she? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's her eyes, Professor. I think she has to wear glasses. Is that all? She won't even take an examination. Why not? What is she afraid of? There can't be anything seriously wrong. Believe me, if they examined her whole head, they wouldn't find anything. <laughs> Professor, it's her vanity. You see, she's afraid she'll lose Al. That's ridiculous. How could she lose him? I guarantee if anybody found him, they'd return him. <laughs> you know, I, I just can't understand this foolish phobia that Irma has against glasses. Oh, it's a natural thing, Janie. My eyes aren't so good, but I refuse to wear glasses. Why? If I saw my room the way it really looks, I think I'd kill myself. <laughs> Jenny, why don't you try talking to her some more? Oh, I can't, Professor. She's in the bedroom just crying her heart out. Honestly, I'm just worried sick about her. Oh, I hate to see a woman crying. You know, a woman only cries for two reasons. Either she is suffering, or she is about to make you suffer. <laughs> Jenny, let me try to talk to her. All right, Professor, I'll call her. Irma? Honey, come on out. The Professor's here. He wants to talk with you. Don't bother me, Jane. I want to be alone with my thoughts. My, a young girl like that should have such gruesome company. <laughs> Please come out there, my darling. I'll cheer you up. Nothing will cheer me up. I'm doomed. Doomed. That's ridiculous. Professor, will you please tell her that wearing glasses won't make the least difference? Certainly, Irma. You should consider yourself lucky. A lot of people have to go to work with bifocals. Professor, I don't care how they travel. <laughs> I'm talking about appearances. Irma, you don't want to get glasses because you love Al and you're afraid you will lose him, right? Right. Honey, I've told you a million times, forget Al. There are plenty of fish in the sea. That's all right for Fridays, but what about the rest of the week? <laughs> oh, Professor, will you talk to her? Look, girls, I've got an idea that will solve everything. What? You go down to the five and ten. Buy a pair of cheap glasses. You'll wear them, and when Al comes in and sees you, he'll tell you how nice you look. You throw the cheap glasses away and get fitted with some good ones. Now, honey, that's practical. What do you say? Oh, all right, Janet. If you'll go with me... Sure, sure, I'll go with you. And, Professor, I, I won't say toodaloo because I'll be right back. I'll just say bon voyage because it's raining. <laughs> Jane, don't you just love the five and ten? Everything's so expensive looking. <laughs> now, control yourself, honey. Come on, here's the eyeglass counter. My, what a selection. Can I help you? Uh, yes, I'd like to get some glasses that my boyfriend would like. Well, we have glasses to fit every personality. What does your boyfriend do? You have no business picking on him. <laughs> Let me handle it, will you, honey? Miss, she wants the glasses for herself. Well, uh, how about these? Do you like them? Well, how do you like them, Jane? How do you like them? That's not a fair question. If I could see what the glasses look like, I wouldn't need glasses to see what they look like. <laughs> see? Put them on, Irma. All right. Why in the world have you got your eyes closed? I want to see if I can see in the dark. Oh. <laughs> Please, honey, come on. Well, we haven't got all day, you know. All right. Uh, miss, this pair seems fine on me. Uh, here's the money. Thank you. Do you want a bag for them? No, thank you. I won't be able to see where I'm going. Oh, come on. Come on, honey. <laughs> Look, honey, maybe you better run along home. I want to go to the stationery store and pick up a shorthand book so I can take dictation for Mr. Sloan tonight, okay? All right, Jane, I'll go home. Gee, I'm dying to hear what Al will say when he sees me wearing eyeglasses. <laughs> Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al. Notice anything? Yeah, the icebox is open. Who got here before me? <laughs> no, Al, I mean 
means something about me. Oh, that. Chicken, your slip is always showing. <laughs> no, I mean on my face. Huh? Chicken, you're wearing glasses. Yes, Al. How do you like them? How do I like them has nothing to do with it. You're not the type for glasses. What are you trying to do, make people think you went to Harvard? Oh, but Al, lots of people wear glasses. Well, I know, but that's because they're looking for something. <laughs> you don't have to look anymore. You already found me. Al, don't you like the way I look? Well, that's not the point, Chicken. I want to take a little inventory. Inventory? Well, sure. When a guy goes with a girl, he likes to think she's perfect. Now I find out about the eyes, it makes me a little cautious. Irma. What, Al? Are those your own teeth? <laughs> oh, Al, how could you ask a question like that? Well, it's a perfectly natural question. Once a dame starts breaking down, she breaks down all over. <laughs> oh, Al, you don't love me anymore. Well, certainly I do, chicken. I was just making an observation. To me, you're as pretty as ever. No, I'm breaking down. I can feel it. Chicken, you're just slipping off the couch. <laughs> Believe me, you're the same sweet Irma I've always loved. You're just saying that. I'm a monstrosity. No, baby, you're as beautiful as ever. No use, Al. Men don't make passes at girls who wear glasses. That poem ain't true. As long as a girl's got a build, her sofa will be filled. <laughs> You're just trying to be kind to me, and I won't have it. Oh, please, chicken. I didn't mean it. I love you. Here, I'll prove it to you. I'll kiss you. That's no good, Al. My eyes are so bad. How will I know it's you? <laughs> chicken. <laughs> no, I don't appeal to you anymore, and I know it. I don't want to ever... I don't want to ever see you again. Goodbye. <laughs> Gee, I hope I didn't hurt her. Chicken. Oh, hello, Al. Where's Irma? Oh, in the bedroom. Something wrong? Just a typical lover's quarrel. Well, I think I'll be running along. Goodbye. Bye. Irma? Honey? Irma, I... Irma Peterson, where are you going with that bag? I'm leaving. Leaving? Yes, Al saw me in my glasses, and though he tried to be kind, I know what he really thinks. Oh, honey, it's only your imagination. Well, I've made up my mind. You'll never see me again. I'm going away forever. Forever? Yes, and when I come back, don't ask me where I've been. And now, Susie Swan sings to us. Listen. My advice, says Susie. You like this brand new kind of lather, so be choosy. Swan gives you beauty lather, rich as cream. Your skin stays soft as any dream and fresh as dew. I swan to you, says Susie. And ladies, if you make white floating swan soap your complexion soap, you'll see for yourself that Susie Swan's advice is good advice. Because swan really does give you a wonderful new kind of beauty lather for your skin. A new kind of lather that's so rich, so creamy, it smooths onto your skin as softly as a caress. A new kind of lather that whisks away dirt, leaves your skin so clean it fairly glows. And Swan is so mild, so gentle, that it pampers your skin while it cleanses. And Swan rinses away so completely, too. Your face doesn't feel drawn and over-soaked when you're through washing it. Instead, it's left smooth and fresh. Another advantage of Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather. Another reason to get Swan soap for a new and wonderful kind of complexion care. Well, Irma has gone away forever. That means she's gone to the movies to sit through a double feature twice. You see, that's Irma's idea of Siberia. Whenever Irma gets mad at Al, she packs her bag and goes to the movies. Frankly, I'm quite accustomed to Irma's little jaunts, but right now I'm considerably upset. What with Mr. Sloan coming tonight to give me dictation, I don't have too much time to get Irma to an eye doctor. Since she's complained of headaches, I really feel it's my duty. Come in. Oh, Janie, I'm so glad you're home. Oh, 
you, Mrs. O'Reilly. Is there anything wrong? Oh, I just came from the movies and I saw Irma. Janie, I've never seen anything so pathetic. There she sat crying like a baby. Crying and eating peanut brittle. Yeah. <laughs> Did you speak to her? I tried to, but she wouldn't let me. She said her heart was breaking and she was having trouble following the plot. Mm. Janie, what's wrong? Oh, it's really nothing too serious, Mrs. O'Reilly. Irma may have to wear glasses and she's afraid she may lose Al. I just can't get her to go to the eye doctor. Well, maybe I can help. How? I'll show her a picture of my husband and tell her the truth. That if I'd taken care of me eyes and could see well, I never would have married anything that looked like that. <laughs> Blessed insurance, and may he rest in peace. <laughs> no, no, thank you, Mrs. O'Reilly. I'm afraid it'll take something more persuasive than that. Excuse me, come in. Oh, Jane, Miss O'Reilly? Oh, I'm glad you're back, Al. I want to have a word with you. What in the world did you tell Irma? You mean when she had the glasses on? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll admit at first I was thrown. But then I told her it didn't make any difference, but she didn't believe me. Well, you couldn't have been very convincing. What do you mean? I was even going to tell her they made her look intelligent. How far can a guy go? <laughs> well, if you really cared for her feelings, you would have been more tactful. Tactful? Look, Jane, I love her. You think if I didn't, I'd be breaking my head over getting these big deals every week? <laughs> Al, I don't want to hear any more about your deals. I still haven't gotten over your last one. Pumping up pigeons and selling them for turkeys. <laughs> well, I'll admit that wasn't practical, but this one's a natural. Working on a machine gun with a built-in flag and a recording of the Star Spangled Banner. So when you're holding up a bank, it don't look suspicious because everybody's saluting. <laughs> of course, if it's illegal, I'll drop the whole idea. Well, if you're going to do any dropping, drop into that movie and get Irma back. <laughs> I want to get her to the eye doctor before Mr. Sloan gets here. Leave it to me, Jane. I, I, I love that girl. I'll get her out of that movie if I have to pay to get in. <laughs> Be back. Right. Well, Jane, if you'll excuse me, I'm going up to Professor Kropotkin's room. I want to do a little mopping. Mopping? This isn't Wednesday. I know, but he's behind in his rent, and it's the only way I can get him out from under the bed. <laughs> See you later. Jane. Oh, Richard, I'm so glad you called. You've got to help me. What's wrong? I want to get Irma to the eye doctor. I think she needs glasses, but she refuses to wear them because she's afraid she'll lose Al. Is that something to be afraid of? Well, Richard, that's beside the point. But what am I going to do? Well, it's very simple, Jane. You know how Irma looks up to you. Why don't you go down and buy a pair of cheap glasses? Then I'll drop by and rave how wonderful you look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. In other words, if I don't lose you wearing glasses, then Irma will know she won't lose Al. Exactly. Good, good. I'll go right out and get the glasses. Jane? Jane? Oh, Al, Jane isn't home yet. Chicken, will you forget, Jane? I've been trying to tell you all the way home. You're all wrong feeling that way about glasses. Oh, I don't know, Al. Can prove it to you, Chicken. The finest people wear glasses. Now, you take them society people. When they go to the opera, what do they wear? Opera glasses, right? Right. Yeah. Well, at lawn parties? I know. They all wear lorgnettes. Check. And, and take the man of distinction. They all have glasses. One in their hand and one on the table. Al, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Chicken, even the most glamorous movie stars wear glasses. Name one. Is Harold Lloyd. <laughs> Glad to see you back home again. Have you yes. unpacked? Yes, I didn't like the picture. Oh, Jane, look at you. What's the matter? You're wearing glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah. While I was out making an appointment for you with Dr. Davis, he examined my eyes and prescribed glasses. Oh, I see. Uh, Jane, why are you winking your eye at Al? Oh, was I winking? Oh, that, that must be the one with the drops in it. <laughs> but, Al, why did you wink back at her? Uh, merely returning the courtesy. Uh, Jane, you're not afraid of Richard giving you the air on account of glasses, are you? Not me. Love me, love my glasses. I think a girl's health comes before everything else. You're right, Jane. Well, take sleep and beauty. Dame was a pip, but they couldn't wake her up for 60 years, so what good was she? You understand, Irma? Yes, but Richard hasn't seen Jane yet. 
Well, I don't think it'll be long. Come in, Richard. Hello, everybody. Why, Jane, you look positively radiant. I've never seen you so ravishing. What have you done? Can't you see? I'm wearing glasses. Glasses? Darling. <laughs> Gee, he still loves her. Hey, didn't I tell you, honey? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. Well, I'm not hungry. <laughs> but I think it's wonderful. Richard, I'm glad you like me in glasses. Like you? Jane, I have to leave now, but please don't move for a moment. I want to remember you just as you look now. <sighs> Goodbye. Yeah, I think Richard needs glasses, too. He walked into the closet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I was carried away by Jane. I got the wrong door. Bye. Well, now, Irma, you see, I've got glasses on. I didn't care what Richard thought. Jane, are you sure you're not playing a trick on me? Do you really need glasses? Why, uh, uh, of course I do. Sure. My eyes are bad. Uh, come in. Good evening, Miss Stacy. Oh, hello, Mr. Sloan. Oh, Mr. Sloan, this is my roommate, Irma Peterson, and her boyfriend, Al. Hi. Happy to know you both. I hope you don't mind my coming a little early, Miss Stacy. You see, there's so much work to be done, and... Say, I didn't know you wore glasses, Miss Stacy. Oh, oh, these? Oh, well, I really don't. I I... I... Uh, she just got them, Mr. Sloan. Her eyes are very bad. Bad eyes? Well, this may make a difference. Oh, it, it's really nothing. You see, uh, I'm, I'm just... sorry, Miss Stacy, but if your eyes are tired... Really, they're not tired. Oh, no? Mr. Sloan, the only reason they're open is because they're yawning. <laughs> uh, Jane, why, why don't you phone Mr. Sloan later on? Yes, yes, thanks, Al. I'd like to discuss this further. No need for discussion. If your eyes are bad... There's no use making them worse for just a few extra dollars. Maybe next year. Goodbye. Jane, why are you biting your lips? Because I'm eating my heart out the hard way. <laughs> and your eyes, are those tears? Or are they watering? Watering. They've just gone down for the third time. Well, your glasses will take care of them. Yes, they already did. But good. Jane, I'm convinced if eyeglasses are good enough for you, they're good enough for me. We'll go to the eye doctors as soon as I wash my face. Now, 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 take it easy, Jane. It's oh. just one of them tough breaks. He had a walk-in just when I was putting on an act for Irma. Now, what am I going to do for that extra Christmas money? Ah, oh, things will turn out, Jane. Besides, you already have a good job. What do you want two for? Working's bad enough, but why make a hobby of it? <laughs> Gee, I counted on it so, Al. I... Well, I guess Irma comes first. If we can get her to the eye doctor by hook or by crook, I guess it was worth it. Well, I'm ready. Come on, chicken. No, Al, as much as I love you, uh, you'd better take Jane's arm. She's wearing glasses and she may trip. If I do, it'll be over my own dead body. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Come in. Uh, Dr. Davis, uh, this is my roommate, Irma Peterson. How do you do? Oh, all right, I guess. I have a pretty good job. How do you do? I beg your pardon? Uh, Dr. Davis, I would like to have her examined. But I'm an eye doctor. What she needs... Uh, never mind. <laughs> Just please examine her eyes, will you, doctor? I'll wait outside in the reception room with Al. All right, Miss Peterson. Right behind this screen. That's it. Now, sit up on this chair. Fine. Shall I open my mouth and say, ah? <laughs> That's not necessary. Well, I thought you might want to see how the back of my eyes look. <laughs> Miss Peterson, if you'll just kindly cover your right eye and read the first and second rows from the chart in front of you. First and second row? Exult. Unifrist. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Doctor, where'd you learn how to spell? Bless my dilated cornea. Miss Peterson, those are not words. Now, please read the letters in the third and fourth row. All right. E-M-R-L-Z-A-P-O. A-P-O, you've got it all mixed up. It's O-P-A. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's been repealed. Your sign is out of date. <laughs> I'm much obliged. Next line, please. QLT. Next line. RXG. Thank you. Made in Rochester by Hackmate 
screen cover. You can read that? Certainly. Miss Peterson, I've got news for you. If your eyes were any better, they'd be headlights. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, Doctor. Good day. Oh, honey, how'd you come out? Gee, Jane, the doctor says my eyes are perfect. Perfect? But you say you've had headaches all week at work. That's right. Oh, Irma, this is just driving me crazy. I've lost that extra job on account of you. I just... What could it be? Well, I don't know, Jane, unless it's because I haven't been eating all week. Well, of course, you know, that can cause headaches. Why didn't you tell me in the first place, and why haven't you been eating all week? Al has been buying my lunch. Irma was playing some records, and I was just relaxing, when suddenly I noticed that Irma was holding a cake of swan soap in front of the phonograph. Irma, I said, why on earth are you playing those Frank Sinatra records to that bar of swan? And Irma said, Jane, you know what Sinatra singing does to the girls? Well, I've never seen a swan swoon before. <laughs> well, no matter what she says... Irma certainly knows the soap for her complexion. White floating swan soap. Because swan gives a wonderful new kind of lather. A new kind of lather that's perfect for your skin. Yes, it's perfect because it's so rich and creamy. It cleanses your skin to a glowing radiance. And it's perfect the way it feels against your face. Soft as a cloud. And gentle. Because swan is mild as fine castiles. Swan's new kind of beauty lather is perfect too in the way it rinses away. So thoroughly, your skin is left fresh and smooth, not all tight and over-soaked. And ladies, no other soap can give you this wonderful new kind of beauty lather, because no other soap has Swan's exclusive super cream blend. So how about making Swan your facial soap? You'll find that Swan's new kind of beauty lather will give you a new and wonderful kind of complexion care. some fast talking, and I got that extra job back with Mr. Sloan. Nerma? Well, she's buying her own lunches again. She's perfectly healthy, but she still can't understand why I no longer wear glasses. So I said, oh, well, uh, you see, Irma, I've been doing eye exercises, and you know when you exercise, you get stronger. And Irma said, well, Jane, I've been thinking for years, and it hasn't made any difference. <laughs> and you know, you'll find out that's the truth if you ever talk to my friend Irma. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, tune in an hour earlier over most of these same stations for the Lux Radio Theater. And then stay tuned to listen to... Friend, Swan, with my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Hans Conried was Professor Kropotkin. Mary Wilson can soon be seen in the Eagle Lion release, Linda Be Good. Frank Bingman speaking. Higher, richer, lighter, finer, textured taste. Spry means easy, sure success with every cake you bake. Spry with cake improvers. Spry with cake improvers. It's S-P-R-Y, Spry, and it's one bowl method for the most delicious cakes ever. For no other type shortening has Spry's marvelous cake improver. Try Spry. Tune in again to my friend Irma next Monday evening at this same time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis with Hans Conried 
as Professor Kropotkin, John Brown as Al, Life Action as Richard and Miss Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly, and the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And thank you to everyone who has listened and subscribed to my podcast so far. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so far behind, but I will catch up these next couple days. So just bear with me. Tonight, or later on this afternoon, I bring to the show to chill our spines the queen of suspense herself, Miss Agnes Moorhead. And join me either later on tonight or tomorrow morning as I bring to the show back by popular demand Mr. Bob Hope. Stay tuned next Tuesday as I bring to the show Miss Margaret O'Brien and stay tuned for my Thanksgiving and Black Friday episodes and stay tuned for the week after next guys to finish off the month of November with a spine chilling episode Miss Mercedes McCambridge and then stay tuned for the that following Friday on the 3rd as we start off our Christmas Spectacular Part 2. And if you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. You can subscribe on Google, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Just type in Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast, and it should build my podcast right up. I hope you guys have a great day, and always remember to enjoy the show, guys. Thanks.